Yes. I think she might have gone a certain direction, but Yuri's grandmother was here. And uh, I didn't say, I don't say where she went somewhere. So I was going to have everybody say spasiba to her because she only speaks Russian. So, but anyway, if you happen to see her, just say spasiba. And she'll probably look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> but anyway, hallelujah. And I uh, just wanted to make note as well, as you see, Pastor Ron is behind me. And I, I asked him to, I said, do you want to go ahead and share with everybody uh, about what happened? And he says, no, you go ahead. Pastor so I said, Steve's okay. No, um, what did I say? Pastor Ron's over there. I'm sorry, Pastor Steve. <laughs> so I'm going to share about Pastor Ron's dad. No. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's right. We're all getting old. We're all getting old. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pastor Steve's dad, as you know, was in a very difficult situation, almost, uh, almost gone last week, and, uh, but thank the Lord, is, has turned around and uh, is going in, for some, going in for therapy at Caprice, uh, yes. uh, Caprice. and uh, so they are looking to do a procedure that's going to help him from uh, having that problem in his esophagus in the future, but uh, would you say he is... 50%, 80% better, 50%? Um, probably 50%. Probably 50%. Um, yeah, he, he has an esophagus that kind of tightens up and won't let him swallow. So whenever he gets an infection, he throws up and it gets in his lungs and he gets aspirated. And so, uh, so this keeps happening unless we can get that procedure approved. And that's what we're believing for um, so he can have the next step of therapy and be on the way to getting home. Amen. Amen. But I just wanted to say thank you all. Thank you all for your prayers. I really appreciate it. Really do. It made all the difference. Amen. Amen. And she is here. Everybody turn and say spasiba. Amen. Were we even close? I think we might have been, but hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand together, shall we, and prepare our hearts for worship. Father, we just thank you for your healing touch, whether it's in our bodies, our emotions, our spirits, our hearts, whatever. We thank you that you're the God that continues to heal, and we look forward to complete recovery for uh, Steve's dad, just as others have come through as well. And through this entire service, as we gather for communion together, We're going to believe that this will be the time that a special touch will be given to all of us, body, soul, and spirit. We thank you for what you're going to do. Open our hearts to you as we listen to your voice, and we're going to promise to praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship together. My foes are many. They rise against me. But I will hold my ground. I will not fear the war I will not fear the storm My help is on the way My help is on the way And oh my God He will not delay My refuge and strength Always And I will not fear His promise is true my God will come through always always he comes through forever and always 
trouble may surround me, trouble surrounds me, chaos abounding, but my soul will rest in you. I will not fear the war, I will not fear the storm, my help is on the way, my help is on the way. to where your help comes from. Sing with us. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the
God is with me And if my God is with me Then whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Singing, oh no, you never let go Through the calm and through the storm See a light that is coming for a heart that holds on, a glorious light beyond all compare. And there will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, we live to know you here on the earth. And I will fear no evil. For my God is with me, and if my God is with me, then whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Singing, oh no, you never let go through the
Lord, you never let go of me. Hallelujah, Lord. You never let go of me. What a promise that is. Never, ever let go. Hallelujah. Oh, give him praise. Give him praise for that. And I think that probably is one of the great things that we see in communion. This represents the fact that he is never, ever going to let us go. Because he said, we'll keep doing this until we do it with him in the kingdom. And he says, I'll do it with you there too. So in other words, he instituted it from the beginning. And he said, I'll be there at the end because I'm going to have it with you then. So I'll be there with you the whole way. I'll never let you go. Never let you go. I don't know what you're facing this morning. Maybe it's physical sickness. Maybe it's some type of spiritual need. Maybe it's an emotional lack in some way. Maybe, maybe you have failed him this past week and you think, does he still love me? Does he still want me? Guess what? He's never going to let you go. He's never going to let you go. So now's the time as we come into his presence for communion that you could say, Lord, here I am. I, I need everything from you. I need your cleansing, your touch, your healing, your deliverance. So whatever it is, as we come to this table this morning, give it to him and realize that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and he's never going to leave you. So as we continue to worship, since you're standing, just uh, come down the center aisle, take your cup, return to your seat. Uh, you, know, you know the cups, they need to be opened. So take your time, open them and worship together. And as we worship, we'll then partake together. So as they continue in worship, just come down the center aisle, take your cup, return to your seat. You may be seated when you get back, and we'll partake together. Lord, I come, and I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you.
our defense is in Jesus. That's all we have this morning is just Jesus for every area. As you hold the elements in your hand, the Apostle Paul said in Corinthians that he delivered the same thing to them that Jesus delivered to him, that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're proclaiming. So let's partake together of the bread. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Paul went on to say that in like manner after supper, he took the cup. And after he blessed it, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, the new testament in my blood. 
So often as you eat this drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my kingdom till I come again. Let's just partake together of this cup and partake his healing and blessing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wanted to do something a little different at this time. If we could just stand together. We have one more worship song we're going to share. As I said, we don't, we don't fix our minds on world events and things that are happening like that. But we are aware. We are aware. And we've been told the shortages are going to continue now and get worse. Gas is going to get more expensive. I'm hoping it goes at least a dollar more. How about you? <laughs> Food is going to be short. Uh, we're now hearing about rolling outages. My son who lives in Cleveland. One of the hot days that we had a while back, he called me up. He says, I don't know what's going on, but half of our house is out and the other half is on. And I said, well, they're saying that rolling shortages are going to come. Rolling blackouts are going to come in the summertime. All of those things. And, and of course, we know monkeypox is on the way, right? And we know this is on the way and that's on the way. And I just feel, once again, we had an anointing service where we spent some time at the altar just anointing each other. But I just want to take a time because this, this communion represents the fulfillment of all the blessings of the kingdom for us. It represents everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that could attack us, assail us. Everything that could harm us, hurt us. This communion, the blood and the body of Jesus takes care of it all, doesn't it? And so I'd just like to take a special time. What, what's our last song? What are we singing? Worthy of it all. Before we sing that, let's just raise our hearts to him in worthy of it all, knowing that all things are going to work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So Father, we just thank you right now for what this blood and what this bread represents. This is not, this is not just something we do every now and then uh, once a month just to look back. This, this thing looks back it looks now and it looks to the future. And we know that you have completed everything. All things have been completed already. We just read that in Philippians. And all things are going to work out together for good. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just receive your blessing, your outpouring. Like the children of Israel going through the wilderness, we're going to believe that the shoes on our feet are not going to wear out. We're going to believe that our gas tanks are going to be filled so we can get to work and do what we need to do. We're going to believe, Father God, that there's going to be food on the table every day of the week. Maybe not as much as we like. Maybe not the things that we don't that we like usually. But there's going to be enough to keep the calories in our body to keep us moving. We're going to have everything that we need to make it through this time and the Egyptians are going to be astounded and amazed at what they see when they look at the people of God so we believe it and receive it not on our own doing not with what we've done but because of your blood and your body you would not do everything you do did just to leave us and forsake us and not prepare us so we thank you father for what you're going to do because truly you are worthy of it all and we can praise you for that in Jesus wonderful name let's just sing it to him raise your heart and hand to him and worship him as you do hallelujah lord hallelujah lord blessed be your name
once before the Lamb of God and sing. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to Glory. You are worthy of it 
I believe we're going to stand here a six months from now, a year from now, two, however long the Lord should tarry, and we're going to say the same song, Israel. If it had not been that the Lord was on our side, tell me, let all Israel say, if it had not been that the Lord was on our side, we would have perished. But how many know the Lord is on our side? <laughs> and we're on his side. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for every healing, every deliverance, every bondage set free. We thank you for every provision that comes our way. And we're believing that you are going to be the worthy one that's going to do it. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I heard it. You may be seated. I've heard it said from my side of the family, and I think I've said this before, I've heard it said from other folks that went through the depression and went through times worse than this, that there were many times that after church, grandma would put on the pasta and she'd start cooking it. Or on the Denlinger side, they'd put on the potatoes (laughs) and they'd start cooking it. And people would come over. The pastor would come over and other people. All of a sudden, people would start showing up and grandma would think, how are we going to, I don't have enough pasta. And every time she went back to the, to the bowl, guess what? There was pasta. Until everybody was fed. How many know that's all we need is pasta? Hallelujah. Maybe a little gas in our tanks and we're good to go. Oh, he is worthy. He is worthy for all he does. Praise his name. Ushers, if you'll come, we will ask the Lord to prepare to meet the need of the hour. Because he does. Hallelujah. Steve, good to see you. Would you ask the blessing on the offering for us?
Yes. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Thank you. And I will <clears throat> make mention of some neat things in my message. Uh, and uh, also one prayer request I forgot to, to mention. Nina called and Mary, her mother, fell down, I guess, uh, is, was on her way to emergency. So uh, we don't know anything yet. But Lord, heal Mary in the name of Jesus. Amen. Provide for her. Um, I'm going to right now give a special announcement and then we will explain why we're doing it this way but uh, the um, Sunday July 17th Sunday July 17th we're going to have a special business meeting uh, after church uh, for all members and non-members can attend as well but special business meeting we are going to Lord willing uh, present to you a uh, package for roof repair Okay, uh, we know that our roof has gone 40 years, so it's very scriptural. It went through 40 years in the wilderness, and now it's ready for Canaan. <laughs> and uh, so we, are, we have a committee that is involved in going over those, going over bids. Um, Pastor Ron, Frank, uh, Charles, uh, Jim, uh, uh, Frank Moorhead, me, I, I'm on there just to chair the meeting. <laughs> you don't want me to fix any roofs. <laughs> and uh, Mike Scherer as well. And so we already have our second bid, so we're gathering the bids. And what we're going to do is usually you get the bids, then the approval, then you make a two-week announcement for a business meeting. But uh, how many know that it only rains on Sunday mornings? So, so we want to make sure that we do this as quickly as possible. So we're going to sort of force ourselves to move through the bid process and make sure that we can get, get them out to you. So that'll be Sunday, July 17th. It, anything over $5,000 needs congregational approval. And this is going to be in the 40s to 50s to 60,000, so probably. So we will, uh, we will let you know uh, as that day approaches. And uh, if you uh, have any experience in commercial roofing, and you would like to do it for us, that's fine, as a love offering to the church. <laughs> I think I couldn't think of anything worse in the world than to be a roofer in the summer. But anyway, hallelujah. So, amen. Uh, kids, you may be dismissed, and also uh, those of you who remain, open your Bibles to Philippians. We are in Philippians, and I believe that is... All we need to share, every other, all the stuff, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, hymn sing, so get your voices ready, those of you who are coming, going to be a fun time of just a informal sharing and a little bit of a light lunch and things like that, but it'll be a, a, a wonderful time uh, in the Lord, and you see all the other events that are on throughout the uh, months ahead. Uh, end of this month, of course, is the Stevens family, many of you have heard them, they're a wonderful singing group, but he, they give the word, and they enjoy worship. They do all, all types of music. They do modern worship courses, back to the good old songs and some hymns and things like that. So you'll, you'll really enjoy them. Philippians, the first chapter. Uh, we are in verses 6 to 8. Um, we'll probably deal mostly with 6 and 7 today. But again, let's just start in verse 3. We've been talking about Paul's report to, uh, to uh, the Philippian church. And we'll delve into this a little bit more uh, intensely. 
uh, today, but we talked about the fact that uh, he was writing to all the categories of the church. doesn't matter who you are. You could be an overseer. You could be a servant. You could be a bond slave like he and Timothy were and others. You could be a, a deacon, or which is a servant. You could be anyone, anyone in the church, and hallelujah, you've got all the grace and all the mercy and all the peace that you need to make it through any journey, and we thank him for that. And we talked about the fact that uh, he was constantly in prayer for them, and they were in prayer for him, and that this fellowship, this wonderful union that they had, started on the day that he met Lydia down at the river, the Lydia, the selling of purple. From that point, all the way through till the end, until we meet Jesus, hallelujah, that his grace and his mercy and his provision is always there. So we thank him for that. Verse 3, we'll just read uh, the first few verses just to continue with the context. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident, and that's why we just spoke about this at communion, of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until, not at, but until the day of Jesus Christ. It's just that it is right for me to think of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of me, uh, with me of grace. So it's partakers of God's grace with him. And we are actually going to probably deal with uh, verse, uh, we're just sort of going to give an introduction actually to verse 7. Uh, we're going to probably deal with that next week, but we want to talk about these first couple of verses here, where the fellowship that the, that the Philippians had with uh, Paul. And let me go ahead and recap why Philippians was written, the reason for the letter. Remember, everything in the Bible, all letters, all Old Testament prophecies, history, whatever it might be, the book of Acts, were written for a reason. The writer was inspired by the Holy Spirit to tell someone something, and this was a letter by Paul to the Philippian church, and the reason for the letter, ready? This is going to sound so profound. The reason for the letter was money. The reason for this letter was to thank them for their giving, to thank them for partnering with him in the work. Remember, they were the first church to do it, they were one of the only churches to do it, and, and they partnered with him work, and they were sharing with him so he could spread the gospel. So Philippi was the first one, and remember, Philippi was a wealthy city. And so that's a lesson for us, because uh, no matter where we're at in our walk with the, the Lord or in the world, poor, rich, it doesn't matter, that's a lesson for us. Out of our poverty, we give. Out of our blessing, we give. Out of our riches, we give. As believers, we give. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, I think one of the hardest, just for me personally, one of the hardest things to talk about from the pulpit is money. I would rather talk about sex this morning. I would rather talk about a million other things. Because when a pastor starts talking about money, everybody thinks he wants a raise. Right? <laughs> All pastors, it's, it's a money thing. Well, it's not just pastors, thank the Lord. But uh, matter of fact, there was a mom and dad, and they were discussing what they thought their teen son might grow up to be. 
And so the father said, I have an idea. Here's what we're going to do. He went out and he put a, uh, on the coffee table, he put a $100 bill and he put a bottle of whiskey and he put a Bible. And they said, we're going to go hide behind the sofa and we're going to see what he does. If he takes the money, he's going to be a banker. If he takes the whiskey, he's going to be a wino. If he takes the Bible, he's going to be a preacher. So they went and they hid and in comes the son and saunters over to the coffee table. He picks up the $100 bill, looks at it, puts it down. Picks up the bottle of whiskey, uncorks it, sniffs it, puts it down. Picks up the Bible, leafs through it, sets it down. Then he stood there a minute, and he picked up the $100 bill, stuffed it in his pocket, put the bottle, capped the bottle, took the bottle, and stuck the Bible under his arm and walked out. Took all three. (laughs) Father stands up from behind the sofa, and he says, Well, how do you like that? exclaimed the father. Our son's going to be a politician. So thankfully, there are people worse than pastors, right? They're politicians. (laughs) So let's clear the air here before we even begin this and get into into the word itself. Everything here is financially okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have all been faithful. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, and and this is public knowledge, so it doesn't matter, but July July of uh, 2019, that's when when, uh, we had started here, uh, July of 2019, the bank sheet balance was $40,000. That's what our balance sheet said, $40,000. This past month, our balance sheet was $98,000. We averaged about 42 people, in that time, and three years later, we're averaging about 70 to 80. Now, all this happened, think about this, all this happened during the greatest calamity in human history. The world was in lockdown. We were forbidden to work. We were forbidden to worship. We were forbidden to meet. All of that while we kept growing. It's, it's as if God didn't even seem to care. It's, it's almost like God didn't even listen to Dr. Fauci. It's like he just turned off CNN and Fox News and just enjoyed worship in heaven or something. I don't know what he was thinking. Didn't he know that bad things were happening? I don't understand. <laughs> He just kept blessing, and he just kept giving, and he just kept healing, and he just kept delivering, and he just kept doing what he always does. So, this message is not directed at you. You've been faithful. It wasn't me. I don't have $58,000 laying around that I could give. It was you. So, hallelujah, God's doing great things. And we just talked about the roof. We'll get back to that in a minute. But wonderful things. Uh, but I will say this. Let me just give a little, a little prod to all of us. If you're not giving to the Lord's work, then get on the glory train, would you please? Get on the blessing train. Because I'm telling you, when you give, he gives back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I'm not lying. I'm not saying it. That's the balance sheet. That's not me. That's God. 
Proverbs, third, the third chapter, Proverbs uh, 3.9, 3, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Oh, and you know what? There's a specific point about that. Not old wine, because remember, back in those days, they didn't have refrigerators, did they? They didn't have the pasteurization process. They didn't have any of that. So when you had grape juice, it turned to wine really quick. So you had to drink it. And he says, you know what? You're not going to just have grape juice. You're going to have new wine all the time. Hallelujah. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. 2 Corinthians 9. For God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, I just love to make God happy. I make him sad enough. I'd love to make him happy with all the other stuff. And I like, I like Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter. It's so wonderful. He who loves money, guess what? Will never be satisfied with money. Do you ever wonder why a, a, a person will have a million dollars in the bank, but that's not enough? Then they've got to have a hundred million. Then they become a billionaire, and it's still not enough. Because when you love money, you're never going to have enough money. Never, never, never. So, here's, here's, here's what happens when we give. And this is where we're at today. And, and we'll, we'll touch on just a few more uh, thoughts here as we, as we progress. But here's what happens when you give. This is, this is what the Philippians were doing. The Philippians were giving. They were part of, of, what, of what God was doing in the earth. And they saw it. And they began to give to it. And, and here's the neat part about this. When you give... And remember, we're not talking about the amount. We're not talking about when you give. When you say to the Lord, Lord, everything I have comes from you, so I'm going to give back to you a small portion. When you give, number one, it reminds us that God is our creator and the source of all we have. It reminds us of that, that God, everything I have is because of you. I mean, I know I work, but you give me the strength to work. I know I, I, I did this. We invest, we do this, we do whatever we can, but you give us the wisdom and the strength to do what we need to do. So it reminds us that God is the creator and source of all we have. Number two, it shows us our love for God. You know, money represents something. Money is an important thing. Money represents sweat, tears, blood, work. And so when we give back to him, we're giving the essence of ourself back to him. So it shows our love for God. We give back a portion for the sake of his kingdom. I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, as you give, God opens the gates and pours out more so you can continue to give more, so he can continue to give back more, so you can continue to give until you can get that Chevy Tahoe. No. You keep giving. You just keep giving, and he keeps giving back. See, now remember, remember, I don't want to raise. <laughs> remember. You guys have been faithful. So all I'm doing is confirming something that you've already been done. I'm not telling you to do anything, right? Everybody say, everybody say amen. Good. Showing you what happens. Showing you what happens. So it reminds us. It shows us our love. It, and, and this is the really good one. It puts us in partnership with the work of God around the world. 
You become a partner with the Lord in everything that's happening. Right now, we shared last week, I believe it was, right now, you are distributing food to refugees in Europe. You are doing it. You're there through Convoy of Hope because we support them every month. So you're there. Right now, you're ministering at Youngstown State University. We support the, the, the Wessers at Youngstown State. So when fall comes and they start their, their services again at YSU and kids come to know the Lord from around the world, you're there. You're doing it. Right, right now, you're helping build churches on the reservations in New York. You've blessed my ministry. We're repairing churches right now. Next month is powwow season. You're going to have literature distribution at the powwows in New York. You're doing it. You're already there. Because you're part of the gospel. You're helping with the rescue mission. You're helping all around the world. You're doing things. Because you're putting a partnership together with the gospel. And that's what it's all about. So it reminds us. It shows us. It puts, a, a part, puts us in partnership. And also, when you give, it radiates blessings outward. Oh, I just love that thought. That I could almost see that dollar bill or that check as it goes into the offering it radiates it shines blessings outward we all we 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 you know sometimes sometimes just sometimes not all the time sometimes it's really good to get our eyes off ourselves isn't it (laughs) well there was no amen on that one either It, it really is not about us you know it's not, you know, one of the greatest problems we have with the younger generation now because of TikTok and Twitter and all that stuff is they actually think their opinion matters. Hey, little fifth grader, your opinion does not matter. High schooler, your opinion does, shut your mouth, it does not matter. You need to learn a lot of things first before you talk. But, but we have, we've, in, this, in this me generation, we have to get back to the place that it's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's about his work, not me. So, it, 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 and actually when you look into scripture, we've talked about this before, this, this whole thing is not about you. It's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's about God correcting the sin problem in the world by sending his son Jesus, who died and rose again, who is in seated with him in the heavenly places. That's what this whole thing is about. Not one thing is about David Verzilli. Now, the neat byproduct is that when I accept this, every blessing that's in here comes to me because of him. But it's all about Jesus. So it reminds us of that God is our creator. It shows us our, our love for him. It puts us in partnership. It radiates blessings. And it also deepens our connection with each other. And this is the neatest part about, about when we give to, to the Lord's work and to each other, is it deepens our connection. We all give together. So as I had mentioned, all of the missions works we're involved in, from missions work to the electric bill to whatever, it, it all belongs to us. It all belongs. How many have gotten those, well, you all have gotten those proxy things in the mail from an investment that you have with some massive company or something, and they want you to vote for the next leader, right? Next president. Your vote counts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, okay, I'll, I don't even know the people, so I just, usually what I do is I write in my own name. I want to be the president of that, I want to be the, pre- I'm going to be the president of Amazon, okay? Here I am, yeah. But the neat thing about this is, 
You matter here. You vote. Your opinion matters. This is your fellowship. This is a congregationally led fellowship. So it's you. So this is our church. This is going to be our new roof. This is going to be our fellowship. You know, when you're, when you're out in the world, how many of you just love where your union dues go? <laughs> I remember, I don't know how, my, my uncle Leo, uh, Charles, I don't know how he did this, but he worked at Republic Steel for years he, and everything. He never paid union dues. I, don't, I said, how did you do that? And he said, I always just hid when the guy would come. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. For years, I think eventually he got caught. But how many of you love where your taxes are going? Great, wonderful. I just love paying for abortions. I just love paying for transgender studies in, in uh, Pakistan. I love praying, playing for all those, right? I love it. But you know what? It was the same thing for our early believers, wasn't it? When they were living in Rome and Jesus said, pay your taxes. Paul said, pay your taxes. Peter said, pay your taxes. Hey, folks, it may be rough here in America, but it ain't nothing like it was in, the nation, in, in Rome. How could, I, how could I pay my taxes to Nero or Caligula or one of the Caesars when they're killing my brothers and sisters in the Lord? How could, how could, I, how could I possibly support the Roman army invading that country, bringing slaves back and abusing? How could I do that? Jesus said, pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. But that's what's neat about here is all of us pretty much agrees that in this body, this one place, we share the same vision, we share the same goals, and you and I have a say in it, hallelujah. We can bless the world together. We may not like every missionary we support or every ministry that we support, but we know that the name of Jesus is being lifted up and we can help support that. And that, I'll tell you what, that brings us even to back to the roof. Because of your faithfulness, we have the money in the bank now to pay for the roof. No browbeating, no special stewardship things. We're not going to get up here every Sunday and put a thermometer up here and show you how high your pledges have come. Because <laughs> I'm telling you what, that thermometer is pretty high. And that little red line's going to stay. So then the red line stays nice and low. So then every Sunday I have to beat you up more and more, right? And then I have to talk about how we need more. And No, no. You keep being faithful to Jesus and he's going to take care of everything we need. Do you know that my father, some of you who don't know this, my father who built this place, uh, for years and years, they had a missions budget, I think before that, around 250000 a year. We, we, they gave all around the world. Never once in the 50 years that my dad was in ministry did he ever ask for one special offering. Not one. Never raise support for anything. Never browbeat anybody for anything. Nothing. The only thing he did was they had a dollar offering. Right? Some of you remember the dollar offering. But that's when there were like eight or 900 people there. And so, you know, if four or 500 people gave a buck, hey, 100 here, 100 here, that adds up. But never we trusted God. And I'm telling you right now, that's the message. You say, why are you talking about all this? I don't like this money stuff. That's the message of Philippians. Just think, if you want me to be really crass about this, just think. If the Philippians did not give, there would have been no letter to the Philippians in the New Testament. Think about that. There would be no wonderful letter about joy 
and provision. There would be no verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We wouldn't have that verse. There would be no wonderful passage about the humility of Jesus and his exaltation. There would be no passage about the mind of Christ and how we can follow that. There would be no passage like that. It's all because it started by giving. Doesn't that sound like mundane and boring and silly? No. How many know that giving is a part of the kingdom? It's a kingdom principle. It's a kingdom law. It's a kingdom rule. You know what else is nice about preaching expositorily, as I've said in the past? It forces me to preach on things I don't want to preach on. I didn't write this. So I have to say what's next. So we are partakers of this because we are with him. And then one last point. We are partakers of his grace with him. Because we are all partakers of the same grace, he says, you are in my heart. You are, I think about you all the time. You're in my heart. The affection, verse 6, that I have for you. You know, the, 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 in your King James Version, it'll say the bowels of compassion. That, that's, that's a Hebraistic type of term. And literally the root word of that Greek word is spleen. So it's that real deep part. And he says, that's the affection I have for you. And we talked about last week that we did not choose each other, but we love each other because of his grace and his mercy and his peace that changes us. So we love each other now in ways that we could not have loved before Christ. And, we, and we're all going to give that love to him back again in the end. But it's because of that. And that's why unity and oneness is so important. Jesus said, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must also love one another. John 13, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Very simple. Above all, 1 Peter 4, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How many want your sins to be covered? <laughs> how, many, how many would like at least one of your sins covered? How many of you would like a multitude of your sins to be covered? Love covers a multitude of sins. First John, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. See, this, this is why, and I'll close on these thoughts, this is why division in the body is so deadly and diabolical. This is why it's so bad. Uh, let, let me read this to you. I, as, I, as I said, I, I enjoy reading uh, uh, the Message Bible, uh, some of the freer translations. But let me read 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter. You could read it when you go home in, in your own translation. But this actually follows the Amplified pretty well. But let me, let me read to you what Paul says about division. Regarding this next item, Paul says, and how many are glad that you don't have Paul preaching at you every Sunday? Because he's, he, Wow. I am not at all pleased. I'm getting the picture that when you meet together, it brings out your worst side instead of your best. (laughs) First, I get this report on your divisiveness, competing with and criticizing each other. I am reluctant to believe it, but there it is. And then I find out that you bring your divisions into worship. And we just had communion. You come together, and instead of eating the Lord's Supper, you bring a lot of food from the outside and make pigs of yourselves. Oh, wow. Some are left out, 
Some go hungry. Others have to be carried out because they're too drunk with wine. I can't believe it. Don't you have your own homes to eat and drink in? Can't you buy your own Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Why would you stoop to desecrating God's church? Why would you actually shame God's poor? I would have never have believed you could stoop to this. And I'm not going to stand for it and say nothing, Paul says. So Paul says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. We're all partakers of the same grace. We're all partakers of the same mercy. It's all of his grace. It's all of his mercy. It's for all of us. It's for all time. So how could you possibly be dividing yourselves? We're all in this together. We're all the same. From the day we start, it's grace. The entire race, it's grace. Until the day he comes back, it's grace. So you've got to behave like you got it for free. So give it for free. And together we worship him that way. So we gather together and we give him everything. You are worthy of it all. Except my tithe. (laughs) You're worthy of it all. But I'll keep that worry that I have. I won't give that to you. You're worthy of it all except my job. I really want to keep my job, Lord. That's one of those songs like I surrender all. I've always said, it's such a wonderful song to sing until you suddenly realize what you're singing. It's all or nothing. And remember, I'm not asking for a dime from anybody this morning. Here's what I am asking, like the Apostle Paul. I'm asking you to realize how your walk began. It was all Jesus and his grace. I'm asking you to realize how your walk is right now. It's all Jesus and all grace. I'm asking you to realize what the end of your walk is going to be. Until that day, he's going to complete it in mercy and in grace. So if that's the case, all I'm asking, all the word is asking, is to just simply wake up every morning and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm all yours. I'm all in on this thing, Jesus. So whatever you want from me, you come and take. It's all yours. I give you my job. I give you my children. I give you my spouse. I give you my money. I give you my house. I give you my car. I give you everything. I give you all my hurt emotions. I give you all my bitterness from the past. I give you all those things that make me angry. I give you all that stuff that I see that frustrates me. I give it all to you because everything I have is from you. Everything I have is going back to you. So you're worthy of it all. So why don't I just give it all to you right now? And when you do that, you will be a partaker of his grace and mercy. I don't know. I'm getting to the place in life, folks, where I don't know what I even want anymore. It's like, Lord, I, I think all we need is just to partake of your grace and mercy every day. Take it all. I don't, I don't even know. Nothing. There are no shiny baubles anymore that attract our eyes. There are no political things that attract us. There are no power things that attract us. There's nothing. It seems like all we've got left is Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Father, you are worthy of it all. You're worthy of every praise we can give you. 
you're worthy of every dollar we can give you. You're worthy of every bit of love we can give you. You're worthy of all the forgiveness that we have, and you're worthy of all the forgiveness that we give others. You're worthy of all the mercy that you've poured out on us, and you're worthy of all the mercy we pour out on each other. Help us, Father, to, to have a type of love that Jesus has that covers a multitude of sins, covers the sin in that brother or sister until your Holy Spirit helps them to get it right. Help us to be the instrument and the tool that will do that. And we'll be ready always to follow your mercy and your love and your grace all the way until the end. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody stand together. Until the day of Christ. Until the day of Christ. Everybody say that together. Until the day of Christ. One more time. Until the day of Christ. So that means tomorrow is still part of that until the day, right? Next Thursday is, should he tarry a month from now, two months from now, a year from now? He's got us covered, doesn't he? Because it's all the way until he comes back. So do we have anything to worry about? Do we have anything to fear? No. Because it's until that day. He's got it all covered. Oh, aren't you glad if you are? Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn around and bless somebody you're dismissed. Go forth in his presence. He is worthy. Take me.
Sometimes it's hard to keep 